Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another episode of the Close Up, a part of the Mag- Orlando Magic HQ Network. I'm your host, Stephen Cameron. Today we got my good friend Philip Rossman Wright. What's going on, man? Welcome back to the show. How are you doing? It this is. Evening? It is good to be back. Uh, is there anything going on this week? I mean, any big games? Any big momentous occasions? You know, pretty, just just clear sailing to the All Star break, right? Pretty quiet week. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty pretty quiet, quiet week. week. Yeah. No trade deadlines. No Miami game for standings and nothing. We're, no we're Wemby okay. making his first trip to Orlando. No you know, Wemby. Just, just nothing. Nothing going on. Nothing going on. We're just waiting for Tuesday, the national TV game, Shaq's jersey retirement. We're just, we're just waiting. Just, just a casual, casual yeah. Monday. Uh, listeners, we're recording this Monday, February 5th, 2024. Um, the Magic have just uh, – they're, they're on a three-game winning streak, and uh, they have some really fun things. Like, like we were teasing – the trade deadline, uh, big game versus Miami Heat that Philip is going to road trip down for, um, all sorts of things. You know, this new big closing lineup. So we have a few things we're going to talk about today with with with, with Philip. You know, as like I said, the three game winning streak. We're going we're going to dig in a little bit to Cole Anthony in that second unit just because they've been struggling a little bit, and we want to figure out why. Um, obviously that the big lineup that we've been closing with, with J.I. playing, um, without a point guard, it's, it's a massive lineup, all four guys plus a six, four or seven or six, 10 and above it's wild. And Jalen Suggs being the shortest guy on the court. Um, and then obviously trade deadline stuff. So before we get into that with Philip though, uh, just a couple of housekeeping things I want to remind you of. Um, we are part of the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you tap into all the Believe content. Um, you know they're gonna have a lot of Super Bowl stuff coming up this week. They're really big into the NFL. Also, they have a bunch of uh, NBA podcasts. So go ahead, check out Believe Podcast Network. Um, second thing, check out our Instagram subscription program. We're about to be doing another giveaway, probably uh, probably after the All Star break. I believe we'll probably run another one. Um, but even outside of that. Come join our subscription program. It's five bucks a month. It gets you into the group chat. It gets you 20% off select home games. They actually just released the rest of the home games for the season. Uh, and it, it's pretty sick. There's some good games on there that you can get some good discounts on. Um, we're going to be doing a Q&A after the trade deadline probably next week for like just roundtable talk for our group. Um, and then we just do custom content just for you guys. So think about joining that. That five bucks just comes back to you eventually with like better content um and you know giveaways and stuff like that allows us to just keep pushing this train along so uh all your support's really appreciated we're very thankful of that and we're very thankful for all of our current subscribers so appreciate you all um and then the last thing we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about our presenting sponsor of the week uh it's the normal bet online 
Um, they're, they're great partners of us. We love bet online. I was actually on their site just the other day thinking I, I might need to play some bets recently um, because it's playoff time and the road to the NFL victory goes through San Francisco and Kansas city. Uh, bet online is your number one source for playoff football, odds, stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance prop and prop bets. Head to bet online today to stay Updated on all the action. Bet online where the game starts. Another thing that you can use bet online for, and and Philip, I we did not talk about this, but I'm I'm just bringing you in hot right now, just because I want to give our sponsor a little bit of extra love, and I want to kind of jump in and tease a little bit of what we're getting into tomorrow. The Orlando Magic play Miami Heat. Pretty big, pretty big game. There's there's a lot on the line for for this. It's 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 potential tiebreaker stuff going on for the playoffs. They're a playoff team. They're standings. They're they're we're neck division and neck title. with them in the stand. Division title for that banner. Y'all think that doesn't matter, but it does. It does there, matter. It they does. You still hang we, banners for that. We need banners in the practice courts. All right. Like, come on, people. Um. So yeah, I, I might I, I might have to place a bet on that one. I might have to place a bet on that. Philip, if you were to place a bet, I would just highly encourage you to go to Bet Online uh, and place a bet through them because they're great and you can use them in a lot of places that you can't use other traditional betting websites. I'm not encouraging anything, but I also am at the same time. <laughs> All right, um, Philip, the Magic are 27 and 23. It's funny they actually haven't lost a game since my last episode. I'm, I'm calling. I'm calling our mutual oh boy, friend Richard put, Stamen. You're putting, you're putting all the pressure on me now. Like no, if they... no, it's it's a locked on. It's a locked on. Um, you know, close up collaboration because it was Richard Stamen was my guest okay. guest last week. Locked on big board. You know, locked on magic. We're just gonna keep this train rolling, baby. Um, 27 and 23. They are currently. Let me get back to my standings. Um, seventh. In the that East. puts them there. Seventh in the East. Half game back one game. Indiana, one game yeah. up on Miami. Oh, you, it, I got this memorized. I got my podcast record right after this. It's nice. It's 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 fun because you know, just a few weeks ago we were like pretty solidly in eighth, and then the Heat started dropping. The Bulls started catching, which put a little fire under our ass. It was a little scary. Um, and then Indiana just kind of you know they didn't go too high. They didn't go too low. They just kind of stayed stagnant. Um. Just with like where the magic are right now, you know, we've won three in a row. We've won four out of the last five and we've won uh, three out of the last four on our five game road trip. Just how are you feeling about this team right now? It, things like it feels like things are changing kind of back to what we saw at the beginning of the year. Yeah, it, it you know, there are definitely signs uh, over the course of the last road trip and, and, and signs as this team started to get healthier that 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 they were a little bit better than their record indicated and that the injuries just were really taking a toll. And so as we've seen guys get healthy, so, you know, Franz Wagner comes back, Markel Fultz comes back, Wendell Carter comes back, Jonathan Isaac comes back. You know, now we're seeing Gary Harris come back. As these guys work their way back into the fold, it, it just makes sense. You have better players. You know, guys are back playing the roles that they thought they were going to be playing in, in, the, in the preseason it would make sense that things start to click a little bit more. You know, guys are just kind of in the right spots more often than not. Uh, and, so, and you know, Powell doesn't have to carry as much, so he's not as worn down later in games, although he's still really good in clutch situations. Um, it's just, you know, uh, so much of it is 
guys are back in their proper roles and guys are back playing their proper proper areas. They know they have depth. That's been a strength of this team. So they can play with the intensity and fire on defense that maybe they couldn't when they were all hurt because, you know, you got to preserve yourself to get to the end of the game. You can't, you know, burn too bright because you don't have that guy that's coming in to, to spell you. Um, you know, Jamal Mosley's, I think, mentioned it several times, specifically referring to Jalen Suggs, play yourself to exhaustion. Like they want the, they want guys to, to get after it like that. You can't really do that when you only have nine guys available or 10 guys available, or right. really ten, or really eight guys that you trust, um, you know, because they, you know, they have to throw some guys in there and, and just roll the dice a little bit and see what you have. So I think health is a big part of it. The schedule, it, you know, despite how road heavy it's been the last couple of weeks is at least on paper, lightening up a little bit. It, so the Magic are in a position where they can make some mistakes, they can find themselves again, and put themselves back into a position to start stringing together wins. And obviously, they're starting to do that. They have this, you know, last last road game and then four straight at home. And, you know, they're not all easy games. Oklahoma City's a very good team. New York's a very good team. Um, but they have these four home games, and that's, again, an opportunity to really build some momentum heading into the All-Star break. Uh, before you kind of take your last deep breath before the end of the season. It's it's interesting it, because there was this time when we were coming back from injury and then the team was pretty healthy for a few weeks and things still just looked off, right? And now they're not. And now we have, not only that, we have like, they're just back to their like top dominant performance on defense too and we know from earlier that's what was really what was bringing them wins was their defensive effort um and 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 like you mentioned there's no easy there's no easy game in the nba but there is easier schedules versus harder schedules right you still got to yeah. show up in this and we learned that like versus the grizzlies game you don't show up you ain't going to win even if the team is missing half their roster and, like, and honestly like even that grizzlies game like i i know i mentioned this on my pod I was more upset by the way they lost to Dallas than the way That's they fair. lost to Memphis because they yep. lost the way they lost to Memphis. They, you know, they didn't defend great in the first half. And, and so they kind of put themselves in the hole a little bit, but I thought they played a great second half and they just couldn't hit a shot. And, right. and you know, that's a problem with this team or not. You're, you were going to get to it. Um, but, but um, you know, if you're losing games because you just have a really bad shooting night, which this team does, you can you can kind of live with that. I, what, what eats me is when the Magic have a great shooting night like they did Monday in Dallas, and, or last Monday in Dallas, sure. and they don't take advantage of that because that means their defense is letting them down, and that can't happen. So generally, twelve points in one quarter doesn't help. It doesn't help, but you could survive. You know, you could survive a twelve point quarter when if you're only giving up twenty. Like, sure. You know, they gave yeah. up what thirty. Six thirty-eight, something like that. They gave up a lot of, you know, they went up from up six seventeen to down eight. Yeah. You know, they gave up a big swing. It was bad. It was very yeah, bad. the defense was a bigger issue, and the defense was uh, got them back in the game, obviously, but was a big issue down the stretch in that game as well. So, uh, you know, to me, to me, what this stretch of games has really been about is now that everyone's healthy. You're right. They're back to their defensive identity. They're back to using their defense to lift them up, and you know, your defense gives your offense a chance to, 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 to stay in the game and, and can create some offense when you otherwise might not have it. That's big for this team, and, and that's their formula for success. And we are seeing that in a really big way, as I tease this, uh, with our current closing lineup. Um, you know, We've seen it a couple of games now where Jalen Suggs is at 
as as the smallest person on the in, on the floor. You can call them a point guard in this situation if you want, but they're all they're all kind of point guards, sort of in this situation. Uh, it's being run through Paulo and Franz, but you know, so you got six four Jalen Suggs, you got six ten Franz at the two, you got six ten Paulo at the three, you got Jonathan Isaac or Wendell Carter. Uh, you know, Jonathan Isaac seven matter. foot. Yeah, you know I mean that. they're just so big. Uh, Jonathan Isaac seven foot. Uh, Wendell Carter, you know, six ten, and that team, is, that that lineup is just ridiculous. Um, I know you have the stats in front of you, probably, or just memorized. I think they're like, I think defensively they're giving up like eighty three points or something like, like, like just bre- break that down. Break just, yeah. just Jonathan Isaac, big lineup closing. Jonathan Isaac playing twenty minutes a game. It's pretty awesome. Just go. I'm just going to let you thought. Yeah. So generally, I think what we all believe is that the Magic's overarching philosophy is let's just get the five best players on the court. Like positions yeah. are fudgy. Um, get your five best players on the court. Have them be versatile enough that they can guard any position. That You know, they're versatile defenders. Um, and you can figure out how to piece together the offense. Um and so, to me, this is that ideal. Like we got to the end of that game in, in uh, we got to the end of that game in Minnesota, and it was very much like, okay, the way Minnesota was defending Marco Fultz early on, it was just like you can't go back to him. No. Uh, you know, Cole Anthony has. We'll talk about him in a minute. I, I know that's on our rundown. He's not reliable, and he's a he's a negative defender. You know, not that he doesn't try, but he's a negative defender at this point. And so the logic was just we're defending really well. This is a big team anyway. Let's go with Isaac. And, and obviously there's numbers to back up that this is working. I mean, they've only played 22 minutes together, which which does not feel like a lot um, in six games. So that's what, r- almost four Very minutes per game. Like, yeah. Um, they got a 114.3 offensive rating, a 97.9 defensive 93, rating. yeah. Um, and so this is a lineup that works. And I think what's really, really important to remember, and I think it, I think this would change things. The Magic have played from ahead in both of these games. They've been protecting the lead. And so I think the Magic understand that our best defender is Jonathan Isaac. Like, like as good as as good as this team is defensively, and Jalen Suggs has been awesome defensively. Wendell Carter is great defensively. Jonathan Isaac is still the best defender on this team. And when he's healthy, by, when he's by a mile. Yeah, it's it he's he's the he's the top two defenders on this team. Yep. Jonathan Isaac in the post and Jonathan Jonathan Isaac in the paint and Jonathan Isaac on the perimeter are the two best defenders on this team. Correct. Um, uh, um, if you're protecting a lead, you keep your best defender out on the floor and just let him envelop anybody. And Franz is a Franz is a good defender. I don't love him guarding quicker twos um, for very long, but for these short three four minute bursts, it, it's you know a lot of us wanted to say want to compare it to the Golden State Warriors death lineup with Draymond Green at center. Everyone forgets that they really only use that lineup for like two, three minutes at a time, really right. at the end of first half. So just kind of give a jolt before halftime. And then they use it in the playoffs as matchups dictate. That's kind of what the Magic are doing here. They use it for those last four minutes when other teams don't really know what to do with that kind of versatility and size. And Jonathan Isaac is such a monster defensively that, you know, he can shut it, you know, Cat can push him around, but he's still going to challenge and scrap against Cat. You know, he can switch out onto Cade Cunningham and lock him down or box out Jalen Duran. 
there's, it's there's all no because of Jonathan putting Isaac. Putting a switch on Jonathan Isaac, he will just yeah. he'll take any switch you give him and, and be yeah. fine. Yeah, and and everyone else is capable enough defensively that when you have a lead, it works. Like I wouldn't say the Magic executed great to close that game out on Sunday in Detroit, but Detroit wasn't scoring on that team either, and so you could keep that lead at like six seven points. Instead, you know, I'd love to see them extend that to 10-12 so we can relax and ended up winning by 12 anyway. But, um, but you know, Detroit hung around, but they couldn't score on that group. And so at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this lineup, this group, Jonathan Isaac is just so locked down defensively. You know, you, wor- you don't worry so much about the offense because you're playing with the lead right now. Anyway, I am curious if the Magic are trailing if they go to that lineup thinking, okay, we got to use our defense to create our offense. But, you know, Jonathan Isaac is still very much a work in progress on, on offense, right. even though he had, he had a big shot. Uh, he had the big tip in against Minnesota. So, again, it's not like he's a zero. But, you know, the Magic are still playing with guys that, that don't have much of an offensive game out there. Yeah, his offense is definitely what's missing. You know, you see him trying. It's just not all clicking together yet. And shots not are consistent. not falling for him yet. You know, there's he's had a couple of good moments where he's cut to the basket. Well, or, or like that tip in um, he's taken some threes, but they're just, they're not falling. Really. He's, he's hit a couple here and there um, at good. They're timing, not running any but, plays but, for him. Let's, let's, yeah, let's, yeah. Make, let's be he's still just kind point. of like, you know, playing within the flow of what happens organically with him. And, and hopefully, you know, a lot of standing in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's okay for now. Um, You know, that that's fine. I don't, Ultimately, we should have other players on the team offensively that that can allow him to kind of be one of the weaker guys on that side. And, and to um, and, and kind and, of and sorry, he, sorry to interrupt, but oh, to that fine. point, uh, you know, a lot of coaches and like this is why the Magic went with Terrence Ross over Jonathan Isaac back in 2019 and and for parts of 2020. A lot of coaches prefer to put their best offensive lineups out late in games, even if it costs them defensively, because they want sure. points. It's almost you know, it's almost an elam ending thing. Is like we got to get. We got to hit a target score as much as protect the lead. The Magic are almost taking the opposite mentality of saying, we've got a lead. All we got to do is hang on. And we've got the ace in the hole in Jonathan Isaac to help us do that. Well, it also helps that we have an ace in the hole of Paulo Bencaro offensively, who can, he's pretty, he's been pretty darn clutch in fourth quarters too, right? So top, top I think he's. Sixth or seventh in the league, yeah, in total yeah. clutch points this year. And there's still going to be some bumpy moments there, but it's like I think you're you're balancing the two of them out. Jonathan Isaac's lacking the offense. You have Paulo. Uh, you know, you got Jonathan Isaac, who can be the best defender on on the court for both teams. It's you know, there's very few players in this league, uh, maybe two, three, that might be a better defender when Jonathan Isaac is healthy and engaged and locked in, um, which he is most nights, which is pretty awesome to see. Uh, but before we go t- too much deeper, I want to ask specifically about Jonathan Isaac's ramp up, right? So he started off this 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 year before his injury playing like 12 to 14 minutes a game. Occasionally there was a little abnormally there. There was a game where he played like 19 minutes, a game where he played like 16 or 17, but mostly kind of stayed in that 12 to 14 minute range. And then they were just like about two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, they're like, 20 plus minutes. Let's, let's, let's go. Um, and it looks like he's done really well with that, right? There was that moment where 
Fultz was out on the back-to-back after the Grizzlies game going to Memphis, or I think that was the schedule, um, or going to not Memphis, sorry, going. It was Phoenix, Phoenix, was, Dallas, Phoenix, Phoenix Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. Thank you for that. Phoenix at home, starting on the road trip in Dallas. And, you know, he played eight minutes in the first half magic fans calm the fuck down. All right. They did not plan to only play him eight minutes that night. I can, we heard it in the post game. I just want to, I still see some of y'all chirping out there. Excuse my F bomb, but at the same point, it's not that hard to understand it's- that the intention was to play in both halves. He wasn't feeling a hundred percent. They said, you know what? Let's not push that person. He's yeah. really important to us. So they took him out. We had to maybe threw some things off. We lost the game. Oh, well, Magic fans, sorry, I'm on my soapbox. I just want I, you all to I, I chill will, out. I will, I will play the devil's advocate here. You know, I'm fine with all that. Like, I get it. These, they're like, this isn't 2K. Guys aren't just magically better, and you can play them 30 minutes. You know, right. there there is a ramp up, and, and they're very careful with Isaac for very good reason. My only complaint about that whole situation is that the Magic never specifically told us what was going on. Like, oh, they never, yeah. They, they, they should have announced... Isaac was experiencing soreness. They decided to not play him in the in the second half, and that and that that announcement never came through their through their PR channels on online. It never came through the broadcast, except for what Dante said, saying that this was the plan. Which again, right. that uh, again th- is to me is just miscommunication. Totally, we were happy to see Jonathan Isaac play in a back to back period, um, and there's not many of them left. And as I keep reminding people. There's no back-to-backs in the playoffs when things really matter. So let's, right. you know, let's be calm with that. And we'll be okay. And, you know, it's it's very frustrating how they dance around that stuff. The and that's never going to change. The, you you like, know, I even in the post game I, when, when, when Jason was asking specifically about what's going on, you know, it just, just wrapped it up as precautionary. Didn't even mention, like, it was his thigh. It was his ankle. It was, you know, like, yeah. could give us a tiny bit more, but. That's just how the magic are. A lot of things are scripted with 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 how they respond it's, to injury questions. It's one game. He came back yeah. the next game. He was fine. We're we're let's move we're on. moving on. But anyways, outside of that one game, the ramp up. How are you enjoy? I mean, obviously, I'm imagining you're enjoying this ramp up. But what do you kind of expect him to get at by? Is there another stage of this ramp up that you think he's going to get to by the end of of the year? Like, yeah, what, I mean, what there, are you kind of thoughts on the ramp? There, there definitely is. I mean, Jamal Mosley has said as as he hit the, that twenty minute mark that they're trying to push him a little bit more physically. They're trying, you know, they're they're constantly communicating like how are you feeling, like the soreness issue, like any soreness, any any like tightness, anything like that. But they feel they're at a stage with him where they can push him a little bit. You know, he played the entire fourth quarter against Minnesota. And honestly, was awesome. honestly, that is more significant than playing 20 minutes in a game. Like, right. like th- being able to play 12 minutes of an NBA game straight and play at the high level that he played at throughout that entire quarter. Like Jonathan Isaac, I don't want to say won that game, but Jonathan Isaac was a, was a big factor in that game. And there was a huge win. One of the best wins of the season. Um, they're trying. They're they're willing to push him more. And to me, that says he is getting healthier. I mean, I think obviously the big hurdle for him is playing in back to backs. You know, being able, you know, being comfortable enough. You know, there's no back to backs in the playoffs. I, I, I get. I know. I just said that, but that is like the last big hurdle is being able to being able to kind of deal with the regular grind of the season um, and not have those restrictions in place. And, and so, 
you know, I think we're still not there. It, it wouldn't surprise me if he plays the uh, plays the the back to back next week, Oklahoma City, New York, before the All Star break, yeah. um, because there's no travel involved. But there was another home back to back that um, that uh, that I think Marco Fultz ended up not playing in because uh, because because even though there was no travel involved, they they didn't want to push him on a back to back. So again, it's, it, a lot of it with these guys is like this team has their benchmarks. You know, they ask how the guys are doing. They, you know, they have their date. They have data on all these guys. I, 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 they used to have catapult. I don't know if they still have catapult, but they have, they all have wearables. Like they know like what these guys are and whether that science is good or not. The NBA seems to be disputing some of it. The magic have their benchmarks to say, okay, he's ready for, to do this. And then they're going to do it. And kind of like concussion protocol, they're going to do it, see how you feel. And then you got to, you know, kind of do all the other steps before, before you get to do it again. Um, so you know, I'm a big believer, just like everything else, it's process over results. We can discuss and say whether the process is flawed, whether the Magic need a new process. That's not really for us to say we're not doctors, but as long as the Magic are following that process and 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 they feel he's they're ready to push him a little bit more, then they're doing the right things. I, I personally don't have a problem with the process. I think the only thing I wish we had more, and it's not it's even JI related. Yeah, it's just give us better communication open. on yeah. things. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to feel like a, a script to where it should people like so you who are in the post game don't even want to ask questions and waste a question on it because you're just going to get a, a blanket response. I had yeah, some people it's, it's, in uh it's in one of our post games. Stuff. And look, I, I like I get some of it. Like I get not putting a timeline on a guy. Like yeah, like Jeff yeah. Jeff Jeff Wellman has explained why they don't put timelines on players. They don't want to put pressure on the player to come back sooner and get hurt. They don't want to set a date and then they hit that date and they're like, well, he's not ready. And now everyone's ticked off at the team. There's like other ways they can balance that. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. Like that's I, not going to change. So like, like we're an understanding media. We're not yeah. like New York. We're not sharks. There's like five of, you know, there's five of us in that room. Like we're not, we're not out here to get anybody, you know, for the most part, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's a few people uh, that, that Pat Beverly sends in, but um, we're not out here to get people like, we get it. Um, and, and so like, I, 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 there's not an adversarial relationship, but it's, it's, it, it definitely feels like, like, Hey, you can trust us that we're not going to exploit the information that you get. Yeah. Total aggregated. I don't know. That's how like I feel. That. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we need to be like that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. No, I maybe don't think that's, that's an off air conversation. I don't think that's the right way to do journalism. So that's, no, that's no, no. They've been fair with us. Uh, we should continue to be fair with them. Um, all right. Let's move past J.I. and yeah. how we wish his front office we, would talk a little bit more about injury. We don't have to totally move on past J.I. I'm sure well, he'll come back. The good news is no one's hurt now, so there's nothing to say. We're good. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's healthy for once. It's pretty nice. Um, all right. The second unit. I want to talk about the second unit for a second. And Cole Anthony specifically. He has been in a slump. Uh, there was a a photo of, God, what was the NBA player? It there was an NBA player and they did the photo before and after haircut. And it was just like before haircut, bad after haircut stats were insane. Um, and it's kind of been the same with Cole, except in reverse before haircut. Great. After haircut, the mojo has been gone. Um, granted he was dealing with an injury for a long time and he was playing through it, which definitely probably was a factor in his performance. Um, and I don't know. Maybe he's still dealing with that right now. I'm not sure. But what's your thoughts on Cole Anthony and the second unit? Like they used to be one of the best second units in the in the league as far as scoring, and now 
I can't say they're even close to that. So yeah, what, they, what's going on liability. here, Phil? Uh, you know, a lot of it, I think, is I think Cole is probably still dealing with that quad issue, um, and so hopefully, you know, I will be. I'm concerned. Don't get me wrong, but I, I will be more concerned if it's still an issue. If this is still an issue after the All Star break, if you know he doesn't get that sure. week off and he doesn't look a little bit more springy and refresh. But honestly, like, I think some of it is this is just kind of how Cole Anthony is. Like, I we've had three, three, four years with him now, and I I feel like he maybe not this bad. Like this might be worse than usual, but it oh it does feel like he goes in and out. Like he has a long stretch where he isn't playing at the level that he was maybe earlier in the season. And I think that that is, you know, that is just kind of who he is. Like he's really streaky. And so the problem may not necessarily be Cole Anthony. The problem may be that the magic are relying on Cole Anthony to, to be a sixth man, to, to, to play that role. And maybe the thing you had to figure out this year was whether he could fulfill that role or not. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer, like, this year is very much about figuring things out and figuring out, you know, kind of what a what this team looks like as a playoff team. That may be one of the things you're figuring out. And obviously, that sucks right now because the Magic need offense. And in that second unit, especially with Franz out, you know, now that Franz is back, maybe he starts playing a little bit more regular rotation minutes. Um, you have you need to have that, that, that primary score, and Cole was doing a lot of it, um, you know, running this more stuff through Joe Ingles. So Cole's working off the ball, working off rotations, uh, getting Franz back in back with that group, uh, playing his regular minutes because his minutes have been, you know, slowly been ticking up as well um, as he comes back from his injury. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's going to come down to just Cole making shots. Like, again, like I, I hate to say it, like so many of the Magic's problems, it, it isn't rocket science. They have to make shots. And Cole is really good at getting in the paint and taking these kind of floaters. And right now those floaters aren't going in and that's all touch. That's all feel. Um, there's not a lot more you can do than get those shots and just be confident that you can make them. And, you know, maybe Cole makes them a little tougher than he has to. Maybe Cole has to be a little bit better of a passer, but that's also part of the problem with Cole is he's small. Like, like, again, like I mentioned earlier, it, his his defense is not bad for lack of trying. The guy tries real hard on defense, but he's small, and yeah. everyone takes advantage of that, in, 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 especially with the way the Magic want to play. And so I think some of this is you have to ride, ride this wave and hope that this deep valley leads to a high peak again, uh, but it may just be the realization that Cole isn't the sixth-man option that he looked like he was early in the season, and now the Magic have to figure out a way to fill that role again. It's it's interesting because like they just gave him a three year extension, um, you know, and he's just yeah he's just been really on and off streakiness and it, it's like you want to love Cole and you want to root for him hard because he's a fun personality he's an energizer he's a ride or die with this group like there but, there yeah. is no bigger cheerleader on this team. For totally. his teammates than Cole Anthony. Like he is the, he is really important to that locker room. But the 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 coaching staff is starting to make adjustments because of his poor play. The last two games he hasn't scored or he hasn't he hasn't played over twelve minutes in either game. He played twelve in the Timberwolves game and he played a ten or eleven in the Detroit game. So they are making adjustments for that, which I want Magic fans to like realize because you know online I'm hearing, you know, 
Let's get Anthony Black playing over him, right? Let's do this. Let's do that. Well, they're making adjustments. He's getting less playing time because he's not playing as good. He hasn't been as effective, so they're pulling him out sooner and playing other guys longer, like Jonathan Isaac playing the entire fourth quarter the other night. That that definitely fed into a little bit of Cole Anthony's minutes there, and it's just just important little things to realize that I just want to point out that, you know, again, the coaching staff is making adjustments. We hope Cole can find himself again offensively with his efficiency because when he is on, he is awesome. He is a yeah. great player for that second unit. Um, but and, and, and I want to point out too, like sure. the second unit is still winning a lot of these minutes. Like they the magic destroyed Minnesota in the second and fourth quarters on Friday. They they yeah. won the Pistons game because of their second and fourth quarters. So even though Cole may not necessarily be scoring and, and he can be a bit of a drain, they're still winning these minutes. Uh, I don't know what his plus minus is in, in these last couple games, um, but at least during this win streak, the Magic are still like winning the minutes that Cole Anthony are is typically it would typically be in the game just just generally. So I'll tell you, know, you it's plus minus. His plus minus in the Detroit game was a negative one, but something funny. His plus minus in the uh, in the Timberwolves game it was a plus two. So yeah. it's, and again, individual plus minus in an individual game doesn't tell not you great. much. Yeah, uh, and, and obviously like. The Magic were down 17. It, you know, if Cole plays a little bit better, maybe that 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 number jumps up a little bit more. Um, I'm not. We're not saying here that the Magic don't need more from Cole, but like at the end of the day, the only stat that matters for any of us is did you win the game? Did right. you score more points than the other team? Like that's right. that's the stat that matters the rest of the season. Um, you know, because we're in a playoff chase. Yeah, and you want to be able to like just rely on that second unit to, to do their job and, 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 and score. And, you know, when Cole's on, you just want to see him continue to make buckets. It's just fun. It's fun. And it's hard and frustrating to see him struggle right now because he's one of the few offensive players that can really help swing this team, um, you know, and get hot on the second unit. And we don't have many players that can just get hot and get going right. There's a couple and Cole's one of them, but he hasn't been there. I, which then brings me to, the trade deadline, right? We're a few days away. We are we're three days away. When you guys are listening to this, two days away. Things could be happening by the time you listen. We could have Deontay Murray or broken surgery repaired Zach Levine on this team in a day. Probably not. Neither mm-hmm. one of those are actually going to happen, but it's, it's possible uh, that they could do something big by the time you hear this podcast. Sorry, I had a tab, the ESPN tab was playing an ad in my ear at the same time. I had to quickly close that tab out. Um, and I'm just checking right now. Woj has not dropped anything about the Orlando Magic. His last post was six hours ago about Donovan Mitchell playing in the three-point shooting contest in the All-Star break. So um, with this team, with some of the holes that we have, with them having all their own picks plus a bunch of extra seconds plus an extra first plus some pick swaps with Phoenix um, and a bunch of really tradable contracts. What are you, how are you feeling about this trade deadline? We could do something big. We've been connected to a few people. You and I, as we were talking in this lead up, obviously don't think we're going to do something big, but I do think there'll be personally, I think we're going to do something that will affect the roster in a positive way. Right. Um, how are you feeling about this trade deadline? Yeah. You know, I think, I, I think the biggest thing for me 
is that the posture for this franchise and for this team is completely different than anything we've seen from Jeff Weltman before. We are no longer sellers at the deadline. The Magic are buyers. They're looking to find something to make this team better. They're not looking to collect assets. They're not looking for draft picks. They're looking for a way to make this team better. But I still think the most important thing to recognize and understand is that the Magic, the Magic aren't necessarily playing for this season. Um, you know, as much as I think we all want to get to the sixth seed, and that's very much in play. The Magic are a half game back of Indiana. They've won that season series already. They got Indiana one more time in Orlando. Um, you know, they got you know one of the easier schedules left in this in the NBA, at least by opponent win percentage. Um, there's very real opportunity for Orlando to avoid the play entirely, but nothing Orlando's doing is going to ensure that. Like they don't care about that. They're looking at it at a two to four year window. They're looking at the next two to four seasons. Like, what can we bring that's going to help us next season and set us up or, or tell us something about this group uh, moving forward so that we can get you know from where we are this year to second round next year, to Eastern Conference Finals in three, four years, to NBA Finals in, let's say, five, six years. Like, that is the track the team wants to be on. And so they're not about to go spend all their most valuable assets to go get, a, you know, if Zach Levine were healthy, a Zach Levine, a DeJounte Murray, a D'Angelo Russell. They're, they're not about to kind of go crazy just to make sure they make the playoffs this year. They're pretty sure they're in the play-in. They're pretty sure they're in the 7-8 game regardless. That's huge progress for this group and for this team. Um, as much as we would like to just be 6 and, and, and no one's going to say no to, no to that. But um, this Magic team is thinking still long-term. And so when you look at the trade market, A, what do the Magic have that, that they're willing to give up? that won't disrupt the apple cart too much. Um, because I, I, I do think, you know, they've said it all season long. They value their continuity. They value that familiarity. And yeah, things may be bumping up against the ceiling for this group. And I, I believe that wherever they end up this year, as far as this group is constructed, will go. They definitely need to add things. But they don't want to just throw away what they've built. They, they want to give this, I think like, honestly, they want to give this team the chance to go as far as they can go and then sure. make some, yeah. and then make some decisions. Like, honestly, like I know a lot of magic fans have been obsessing over Tyus Jones and there are, there's a lot of reasons to like Tyus Jones, but honest, but honestly, like I look at this team and I think to myself, I don't really know. I, I know they need a point guard. I know they need shooting. I don't really know exactly what they need until we get into a playoff series and they just get their butts kicked by someone like they, I, I want to see how Milwaukee, I want to see how Milwaukee just tears them apart or Boston tears oh, them yeah. apart because that's going to tell you a whole lot more about where Paolo and Franz are and what they need to work on. That's going to tell you a whole lot more about what this team actually needs to succeed. And, and look, some of it's obvious they need shooting. If they can, you know, flip Gary Harris for a shooter, you know, for like a Luke Kennard or for Doug McDermott, if they feel like they can cover for the defense, I think that's low cost. Um, trading Markel Fultz to me is a little bit riskier because so many players on this team love Markel and trust him and know how hard he's fought to stay in the stay in the league. And I think a new voice there is a is a much bigger risk than I think people you know people believe. But having said that, if it makes the team better, it makes the team better, and and, and ultimately that's the goal. For me, though, the goal is 
better for the next two to four years, not this year. And, and I think that's, that's going to be the bigger challenge because, you know, a lot of things the Magic could do, and, and that honestly includes like pushing in for DeJounte Murray, they can wait for the summer and do them. Like Tyus Jones, if Tyus Jones is really their guy, they can just sign him in the summer outright. They don't have to spend anything to get him. Um, I hope he's not their guy. I don't think I don't think he is either. But but I have thoughts you know, on Tyus Jones. There's a lot. Sure. There's yeah. There's uh, there's logic there. I don't think he's their guy either. But there's logic there, so you can't ignore. It. He's their. He could be their guy if they want to eventually move him to the six man role and be looking for another point guard in two years. That's my theory. I think you have. I would be fine with Tyus Jones, but to me that just feels like another stopgap, right? Because we yeah. have to pay him another contract. He's six one. He's not a good defender as much as people want to lie to themselves and say he is. He's not. He'll he's, be a better defender in the Magic's defensive atmosphere. Sure. But when you get to the playoffs, you're you going to find out. You're going to you find have out two real six quick. one guards, right? You just simply yeah. can't have that. You're going to get destroyed with them getting attacked in especially the way and, the magic want to switch like yeah they it just want, doesn't they work. want switching schemes they want you, to be able to switch one through five like i think if you get tyus jones you're saying goodbye to cole anthony in a season or two i, I think that's I mean, that ulti- might and be then, the case either way and yeah and you might and that that might be the case you're but, right I mean, but like let, let, let's, but that's let's just my real. that's just my theory right yeah. there like if let's, you're saying let's, if you're, let's be you're, let's be real here though um you know we just had that big conversation about whether cole anthony is the sixth man or not um like us Wavering on that is very much a sign that he's probably not part of this team. Oh this yeah, team yeah. Moving forward, and and I think what's really really important to remember is they just can't trade him because they literally just signed him to an. Ex- well, I mean, they technically yeah, the, can, the trade, but they're not going. The trade to, is very right? complicated. I don't think they yeah. will. I don't think they yeah. will. But um, even this summer, I think is too soon. I yeah, think they'll probably. do um, him at the next but, deadline at the earliest. But this, like the team that they have now, is not the team they're winning a championship with. Like, no, of course like, not. Outside, like Paolo and Franz are the only two players that I feel confident will be on the, the whatever yeah. the championship team of the Magic is. Jalen Suggs might be the only guy I throw in there next. I might throw in Anthony Black, maybe Jed Howard. But other than that, every like everybody is up for grabs. So, yeah. you know, at some point, the Magic are going to have to ask themselves very difficult questions about guys that have been on this roster for a long time that, has, that have helped build this thing. And figure out how do we maximize these spots around our two guys that we're really invested in. I, um, I think. And, sorry, go ahead. No, and so like uh, some of these questions, honestly, like like I have a lot of questions about Wendell Carter, um, and, and I, oh, I know I voiced them over the summer. Yeah, where I'm not sure you can have a center in the playoffs who isn't an above the rim center. Um, I agree, but but I think Wendell Carter's earned the right to prove to us whether that thesis is true or not. And so that's a question that I don't think the most pressing question, like, like the most pressing thing for the magic is finding shooting. Um, the second most pressing question is finding more shooting. And probably the, the third most pressing question is what are you doing at point guard? And so when I look at this, this team and it's no coincidence that like everything we've talked about at the deadline has been point guards. It's been, you know, Tyus Jones, it's been DeJounte Murray. It's been Malcolm Brogdon. It's been Chris Paul for a little while. It's been, uh, you know, it, it's been point guards. Um, and, you know, I, I think that, honestly, I think the way that Jeff Waltman operates, he wants to value continuity. He, he's not going to make these wholesale changes unless his back's against the wall and he has to. They're going to trust that they have a solid group that's building a good foundation and then start layering these things on. And so this summer, 
it, this this off season, this next like transaction cycle, so the deadline into the off season, um, is going to be about finding a point guard and yeah. and adding some shooting, and then from there they can incorporate that into their culture and then figure out what the next thing is that they need to to get where they want to go. I don't think anyone's really expecting like a big move. I do think yeah. there's like a marginal move that's going to happen where you know. Gary Harris could be flipped, maybe Chumo KK and I some seconds. I, I salary I think, filler. I do, he does I have do, value for salary filler. I do. You know? I do think the and I've no nothing to support this, but I do think the Magic are probably open to trading their draft pick. And oh yeah, they should like, be. I, I like think they're they're not using Jed Howard right now. Like, what are yeah. they going to do with another with another rookie on their roster? Jed Howard so, can be the rookie next year. Exactly. Um, but I think, like, you know, just going into that, and part of the reason why I was going into the Tyus Jones rant was more just like, one, Tyus isn't a long-term fix at point guard as, as a starter, right? And you got to pay him. And, and you, you have to pay him this summer. He's probably – you're probably looking at figuring out that situation again as a starter in another year or two, and he is going to the second unit. So, like, if you want the Magic to trade for that point guard right now, Tyus Jones – that's that's likely the timeline you're also seeing us having this question all over again in a year and a half. Um, Mark Helfoltz, he's expiring. I don't personally see him back on this team next year, but this front office also is not scared to let people like hit free agency in the summer. Like they want to bring him back, they can bring him back, they can extend him if they, you know. I'm yeah. sure they can negotiate they got that. Till June 30th or to extend they've yeah. been fine to let people just walk. They we've seen both, and that yeah. is okay. Markel Fultz doesn't have a lot of value around the rest of the league right now either. He's played 16 games, maybe 17 so far this season. Um, so just like kind of wanted to like harp on that just for a second. Like I'm with you. I think the splashiest move they could make, but then this goes everything against we just said is like Malcolm Brogdon. But that ruins the continuity thing because to me, if you're getting Malcolm Look, Brogdon, you got to throw out, you know, Mark Helpholtz to go get him. Yeah, and like I, I mean, I I think Brogdon is a really good fit, and, and I think he would at least give this team a kind of test for what they're looking for point guard. Because yeah. you know, part of this equation too is if they really believe in Anthony Black, then all they need is a placeholder. All they need is totally. a guy to hold the hold the vote steady and, for two years until Black's ready to take over. But having but said I, that. They have shown no inclination that Anthony Black is a point guard. They don't yeah. play him like a point guard. They don't use him like a point guard. He's, you know, he they're they're very like kids gloves with him. Uh to almost too much. He he deserves to do more than he than he's done. Um and so, you know, I I don't know if they're looking for the answer, but they're looking no. for an answer to hold their boat steady for the next two to four years as they figure some stuff out. And they figure sure. out who they are. And so and you know, they you might like, about, like I don't think I don't necessarily. I, I like Brogdon as an idea. I I don't think there's necessarily a trade framework with Portland to make it work with what Portland's looking for. Um, if the Magic do go all in, I, I do think there's an opportunity to do so with Dejounte Murray to get you know, kind of a third All Star level player. Um, he fits the size that they like. You know, he's not a terrible defender. He's not a great defender, and and I think being in the Atlanta atmosphere hurts him a little bit defensively. He goes for steals a lot. Um, yeah. but he gives you another great score, big point guard, doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time, although he's better with it. Um, it, they have an opportunity to go all in on him. He's cost controlled for the next four years. He's 18 million this year. And then his extension kicks in next year. Um, there, there, there is an opportunity there. I, I just, I just don't think the magic feel like they're ready for it. Like they, they want to give Paolo and Franz the latitude to make mistakes. So I, I, like, 
I think they're trying to look for someone who is going to to help this team, but be as least disruptive as possible. And that and that's where I feel like a Brogdon, if they can make a trade work yeah. around Fultz and a pick would be fine. Um, you know, and, and again, like, well, you know, Magic fans like, well, you just went on this rant on Tyus Jones and how he's not a long-term solution. Brogdon would be the same thing. But but Brogdon is is like you don't have to pay him again, right? Where we do have to pay Tyus Jones, who is Brogdon, like twenty six, twenty seven, and would want a four year contract. Yeah, Brogdon Brogdon's is like not this year, next year. It's and, it's a little and, easier to deal with, you know. Yeah, and potentially is a easier and, and bridging tests, gap. And he tests yeah. a theory for you, like totally. Like to me, yeah. to me, the big thing is okay. We know this Magic team like size. Let's find like let, let's grab a big point guard who can shoot. Right. That doesn't necessarily need to be have a ball in his hands, and look, let's see if Paolo can run a lot more point. Or his usage is very friendly when it comes yeah. to a situation like that. He can be a little bit heavy. He can be on off. He can be you know light. He it's, can score it's when pretty, you need him to score more, but he he's, he's he'll be fine. Yeah, he's a good theory to test, but. You know, ultimately, you and I agree. If they're going to do something, it's going to be on the margins. You and I might be a little bit different on how big of a margin it might be. Like, I, th- I think maybe something like Brogdon could be a little bit more realistic than to I me. That's not the margin. It is. To me, that's that's like that's the that's that's a big uh, deal. I think it's a big deal to an extent. Other than like, like that's it's not probably not. It's probably not even like. I mean. I like guess that I is think a bigger deal, but it's like I, I the reason why I'm saying margins because it's probably not going to cost you a yeah, good, you a really good asset to go get. It's not. It's going to cost a Denver pick probably, and that's really that's that's like going to be a bad pick. That's almost a yeah. the first round of the the first pick in the second round might be more valuable than the Denver pick to be realistic. It might be, yeah. So, um, but yeah, maybe, maybe, but yeah, I think it's going to be you know like. Like a couple of the names you said, Alex Burks type, Luke Kennard, yeah, um, you know those types of guys. Guys that, that boost Gary roster, Harris like, in a couple yeah. seconds might might be able to get you or something. Or Gary Harrison Chuma if you need salary filler, um, you know, in a couple of seconds or a protected first or something like that can go get you. So we'll see. We are just hours, if not day, days to hours away from this trade deadline shaking out. I do expect something because the front office has done something every single deadline. I don't think it's going to be a nothing, um, but I do think something will happen, which will be interesting. So, um, Philip, any last thoughts before we wrap this podcast up? Uh, you know, as, as much as this trade deadline stuff is, is exciting to talk about, I, I'm, I'm really excited about this playoff chase. And, and like, like I, I'm, I think I'm an outlier. I care more about games than the transactional part of the NBA. Sure. Like Tuesday, like, I assume this is going up Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday's game against Miami is about as big of a game that the Magic have played. And like, we all felt how big that Boston game felt uh, in the in-season tournament. And a lot of that felt a little manufactured. It was Black Friday. It was an afternoon game. The Celtics always bring a lot of heat to the building. Um, You know, the in-season tournament was a new thing. It really felt like the Magic could advance in that. But like, this is, this is a big game on the road against your in-state rival, like I mentioned that like the division championship actually matters. If there's a three-way tie between Indiana, Orlando, and Miami for sixth, um, the first tiebreaker after, obviously they'll have the same record. The first tiebreaker is division winner. If one of those three teams wins their division, they win the tiebreaker. And so like Orlando being able to tie the season series with Miami they have the ability to catch up in 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 conference record to them. Um, 
to set up that to, to have a chance to set up that scenario and potentially win the division, like it doesn't feel big because divisions don't matter anymore, but it's big. And so there is a lot in this game. It's not only that it's going four and one on this five game road trip is huge. huge. It's huge. You get, and then you get four games at home heading into the all-star break. Um, It's a chance to rebuild a lot of that goodwill you had back in November. You know, they're on a three game win streak. Now you win that you win this game. You're at four, you get San Antonio. That gets you to five. Chicago is a winnable game at six. And then you, you're setting up that huge game against Oklahoma City, and you're playing your, you know, your best basketball in front of a national television audience. Hopefully, you know, you have a chance to really kind of build yourself back up and and potentially climb some teams in the standings again that 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 you maybe let get ahead of you uh, during this room. So, beating Miami means a lot to this to these Magic players. I I, I think they do view Miami as kind of the measure um, in the southeast in the division. Like they see them a lot. Um, these games, I think, do matter to the Magic. I know they matter to a lot of people within the organization that that maybe aren't playing. I know it means a lot to the fans. It's a big game. Like, like it is it's, absolutely. It's a, big game. it's a big, big game. A lot of fans hate Miami. Yeah, hate it's the be heat. a lot of Magic fans in the building, probably. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot maybe of fun. They, travel. We they, travel. they have been traveling. You've been traveling well. You've been. I know you, dude. The road trips are have been fun. It's been fun to see you on some road games. I, uh, I'm glad and happy, and I know a lot of Magic fans are to, to see more than just magic paid media in those rooms and Jason. And it's really nice to have you out there and uh, we're psyched. I just want to give every fan uh, that's listening to this show right now. If you haven't done so go to Phillips Patreon page and subscribe, do that before you even subscribe to our HQ page, to be honest. Um, It's the same amount of dollar. It's $5 a month. You literally will have something in your inbox every day. Uh, that is that is custom made just for for the patreons um i think it's every day but but like you i'm have, about I'm, I'm about daily like it's, i've missed a few days here and there but it's and it's it is some of the, the best paid Fox, content daily, yeah the the six man show do great things we have a one i know there's some other guys that do some patreon type stuff they're all good phillips is the best by far it's the one you will learn the most about basketball on so um I just want to like plug that because I I am a believer. I am a paying subscriber of his service. Um, I learn a lot from it. So go sign up for Philip because the more you do that, the more he can go on road trips. The more he he's going to the playoffs to cover this I'm team. Planning to help him out. All right. Um. It's it's it ain't it, it it's just just go do it. It's it'll be the best five bucks you spend all season on the Magic. So um. With all that being said, thanks for tuning in. Philip, go ahead. Tell everyone where they can find your work. Yeah, if you want to subscribe to that Patreon page, it's the Orlando Magic Hub. So it's patreon.com slash Orlando Magic Hub. Uh, you can, of course, find my work at Orlando Magic. You can find my free work at orlandomagicdaily.com as well as the podcast I host, Locked on Magic, if you want a daily dose uh, of magic podcast goodness uh, every day. Yes. Um tune into that stuff guys it's great i listen i'm a lot I, I will i will subscriber. probably not be quoting dr dre very often <laughs> i didn't even catch that i'm obviously tired i love it though um thank you so much i appreciate you joining the show let's go magic let's beat the heat let's 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 crush it and uh thanks for tuning to another episode of the close-up peace